0: Hearted pursuit of God, not our works now, but our wholehearted pursuit of God, something happens, and His laws are now written on our heart, and we become lovers of God rather than lovers of the world, and we become lovers of man like God loves man, and we begin to do the things that God has done. And they come back and they say, Jesus, Jesus, guess what? Even the demons are afraid of us when we use your name. Do you know the sick are healed, the blind see, the lame walk? Jesus! I'm an earth changer, and I'm going to use you to change the earth. If you'll just grab hold of me, grab hold of your identity, begin to see things change in the atmosphere, they will change.
1: Your identity and your promises are the heartbeat of Jesus within you. Identity and promise should be fleshed out through prayer and devotion, a process which will allow you to take ownership of who you are through Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason takes a closer look at this idea of identity and promise in a message entitled, The Other Side of Healing.
0: And his name, by faith in his name. Say, by faith in his name. Say it one more time, by faith in his name. Has made this man strong, whom you see and know in the faith that is through Jesus, has given the man this perfect help in the presence of you all. He says a couple of things. First, he says, faith in his name. Second, he says, "Through Jesus." In other words, you can't heal anybody. The only thing you can do is you can lay your hands and allow Jesus to use you as a vessel of healing. And so he said, through faith in his name, they believed in the name of Jesus. They believed in what he had done, and they believed they were part of it. And so once they knew that they had been part of it, then they were empowered to do what God had had told them to do. And so the first thing they did was they had an identity. Turn to your neighbor and say, they had an identity." identity. The second thing they did, they had a promise. Say, so I had a promise. The third thing they did, they had experienced power. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you know your identity? Do you know your promise? And have you experienced power? And, and I got to say, I can answer that. Yes and Amen. And so it's with those three things that they looked at the name of Jesus and they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was going to move on their behalf. The Bible said Peter came to a point to where that his shadow would pass by and sick people would get in his shadow and they would be healed. Amen? The Bible says that the Apostle Paul, his name was known in hell. A demon came and he said, Jesus I know and Paul we know. But who are you? Okay, So there is this place beyond everyday Sunday school church. There is a place where we begin to walk on the water. There's a place where we begin to say, hey, this stuff that we have, it's not just so that we go to heaven. It's so that we can transform a home. It's so that we can transform a community. It's so that we can transform a nation. It's so that we can transform the entire world. Jesus said, go into all the world. And he said, when the world, when the whole world has been preached... And the lordship of Jesus Christ. He said, then he will be coming back. And so there's something about this going and doing and becoming part of it. I think I said this two weeks ago, but let me tell you something else. Let tell you this one more time. Where you go is determined by what you believe. How you live there is determined by what you do. Let me say that one more time. Where you're going is determined by what you believe. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That's simple. But the other side of that coin is when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it's going to, your, your works, say works, works. Your works are going to be judged. And if they're wood, hay, and stubble, they're going to burn up. And the Bible says you're going to suffer loss. But if they're gold and silver, you're going to, God's going to bless you even more. And so our works determine what level we're going to have in heaven. Now, people don't like that because you can't work your way into heaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm saved by grace, grace. through faith, faith. not not by works, lest any man should boast. Okay? But don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go look up. We always go to James and talk about James. They show me your faith and I'll show you my work. How about if you just go from Acts to Revelation and you listen to what the apostles say about works, 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 works. He talks about works in almost every every, uh, book of the New Testament. But the church got scared of works and ran away from it. That's because we were trying to work people into salvation. Well, if you do such and such, well, if somebody tells you if you do and then you're going to hell, you spit on the ground, kick dirt over it, and say, that's about what that's worth. It's worth absolutely nothing. So our salvation is not dependent on our works, our salvation is dependent on our choice. So we want to move forward in God. They knew who they were. They knew what they had experienced. And they knew what they had promised, been promised. And it was in those three things that the disciples went out. John 15.15 Jesus said no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And so there's a point where we start off in almost a master-slave relationship. When you first get saved you're in the school of obedience and you're obeying through, through disciplining the flesh. It's not a heart change yet. Except for the fact that now you want to do what's right and you struggle to do what's right. But after you begin to pursue Him, there's a heart change. And when the heart change begins to take place, then you live out of your heart, not out of your emotions, not out of your feelings, not out of the flesh. But you begin to live out of the Spirit because the Spirit of God now has your heart. Am I making sense to you today? Okay, and so it's when our heart has changed that we become friends. We are sons of God when we first come in. doesn't change that, but we're not friends yet. I can remember when I was a little baby, I can remember things with my daddy. I'm talking about up until I'm about six years old. I remember things with my daddy. And, but most of those things weren't out of a friendship that he was daddy and I was son. When I got a little older at about seven or eight years old, we started playing baseball together. And and all of a sudden, after a year or two, my daddy, instead of just being daddy, became my best friend. Come on. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have children and they're not your best friend? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have children and they're not your friend at all? See? So it's possible to be a child and not be a friend. If you're not a friend, you haven't yet reached that point of identity that you need to reach. And so what happens is, is in our pursuit, in our wholehearted pursuit of God, not our works now, but our wholehearted pursuit of God, something happens. And His laws are now written on our heart, and we become lovers of God rather than lovers of the world. And we become lovers of man like God loves man, and we begin to do the things that God has done. When He tells us to be fruit bearers, He's telling us to live out of our heart, and that heart should be for those that are around about us. We told you when we sold the church that they were going to be, we were going to be able to do more things. I'm happy to say we have been able to spend several thousand dollars helping people in need. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. We've been able to pay electric bills and we've been able to, to, to help people get rides to get, a, to get back home. We've been able to do a number of things. And so what happens is the gospel of the kingdom now is going forth. Ooh, it's powerful. I don't know what that makes me happy. I, I love it, I love it, I love it. I, I just get plum excited when I think about what God has done and, and what we, the things that have changed and what we've been able to do. He said, I have called you friends. Why? Because your heart's changed. And he said, I don't hide anything because I trust your heart. We were in prayer uh, Friday night, and uh, as we were praying, um, Jeff had us come forward. And he said, I want you to say something or give the person next to you a word or do something. And I'm holding, I'm holding Jeff's hand and, and he blesses me very much. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, tell him he's my friend. I said, Jeff, the Lord says you're his friend. That, that Don't take that lightly. Abraham was known as the friend of God. Amen. I want to be known as the friend of God. How about you? Amen. I want to be a friend of God. And so I, I want to see works, but I want to see works birthed out of my heart, not out of the design. Not out of a checklist design, if that makes sense to you. In John 15, 27, he said, And also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He tells the disciples, he said, You're going to bear witness of me because you've been with me since the beginning. He doesn't say, Would you please go out there and bear witness? He tells the disciples, You will bear witness because you have been with me. Can I flip that for you? You're not going to be a witness if you haven't been with him. You can tell people all day long that you're a Christian. And you don't, if you haven't spent any time with Jesus, then you, you're not, you don't know. You're not him. I can tell people I'm a Toyota, but it doesn't make it so just because I'm as big as one. I mean, there's a guy right now, files suit. Oh, we've gone crazy in this country. There's a guy filed suit. He's 68 years old. He's filed suit, and he said he wants his date on his birth certificate changed. He said he only feels 48, so he's going to make himself 48, so he'll think better of himself. Come on, you can lie to yourself if you want to. What I'm telling you is the Bible says you're going to bear witness. If if you've been with Jesus, you're going to bear witness about Jesus. If you've been with a football team, you're going to bear witness about a football team. I I love to watch football. I I love to watch football. But I got to tell you something. There's something so much more important than football. There's something so much more important than golf. And if my witness is that I'm a golfer, or if my witness is that I'm a football fanatic, if my witness is not that I'm a lover of Jesus Christ, and I got some priority out of order. Doesn't mean I can't love football. Doesn't mean I can't love golf. But what it says is I got to love Jesus so much more. Amen? Amen. Right, so I want, us to, I want us to go to that place to where that we, it's just part of who we are. You can't help it. I carry the witness of Jesus Christ in my body. The Holy Spirit, who was an observer at the crucifixion of Christ. Who was an observer when the stone was rolled away. Who was an observer when he came out and when he ascended into heaven. That very one abides in my body. How about you? Wow. How can you help but be a witness? Unless you're just sitting there saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. I saw a skit one time. Guy had just gotten saved. Come here, Josh. Josh is going to be Jesus. This is his first and only shot at this. <laughs> and you see, me and Jesus, we're having this conversation. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. And it's a friend. And we pick up the phone, and the friend says, Hey, man. He said, That movie that you want to see, it's on. Yeah. I I can't go I can't go I'm trying to change and I hear there's all kind of sex and cussing and there's only AGD's in it no I better not go I better not go just one more time Ah, that's right I might be a witness I I might be a witness okay I'll see you in about 30 minutes Hangs up. To Jesus, I'm going to a movie that you probably ought not go to with me. I just follow me. Okay? So you stay right here. Whoa, whoa. No. Hey. You can't go to this movie. <laughs> stay right here. I'm going to the movie. Don't you listen to me, Jesus? Look at here, son. I said, stay. I am not listening to you. You go sit down. Aren't you glad you came today? We got to change, folks. When the Holy Spirit says, don't go, don't go. When the Holy Spirit says go pray, go pray. John 15 7 said, if you abide in me, if you've got this relationship with me to where that we are close, we're tight. How many of you have a tight relationship with Jesus? I do. I was talking to Joni the other day, and she said, I don't understand this. She says, every time I'm putting on makeup, the Lord talks to me. Isn't that right? While I'm putting on makeup, why do you think that is? It's the only time she's quiet and still. Daddy gets talked to while he's sitting on the commode or taking a shower, amen? <laughs> and Jesus is not disturbed by, by your uh, physical uh, appearance or your condition. He will show up any place, any time, anywhere. And so, I, it, but that's abiding. That's say, God, you have right to be anywhere I am. Well, Lord, I'm putting on makeup. Well, I got something I want to say. All right, go ahead, Lord. Got to be lipstick because you can't finish anything without lipstick. Amen. (laughs) Lord, it doesn't make any difference. Can you imagine? You're sitting on the toilet and the Lord's talking to you. Y'all think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding you. And you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you finally say, Lord, will you wait just a minute? I got to wipe. He don't care. He just wants to be with you.
1: Amen.
0: He doesn't care where you are. you on the golf course. He's there. you watching football all of a sudden. He said, turn it off and worship. Right now, Lord? <laughs> Clemson's about to score to go-ahead and run. I mean, touchdown. God said, I don't care. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. He said, those that abide in me, those that are available. Let me me change that word from abiding to available. Those that recognize he's always present. Am I making sense to you? He's always present. He said, to those, he said, and whose my words abide in you, my words. Let me tell you something about that word, word. By the power of his word, Jesus created everything. Because you see, Jesus is the Word. Father spoke Jesus. See, y'all think he said be light. He didn't say let there be light. He said let there be Jesus. And out of Jesus, light was formed because he knew what the mind of the Father was. If you don't believe it, go read the Word. Everything that is created was created by him and for him. Who? Jesus. Jesus. And so when you have that word abiding in him, you have the essence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Eddie, you're just getting too detailed. Well, I may be, but I I want you to know who you are. Remember what I said? They had an identity. They knew who they were. They they uh, They were empowered by experience, and they walked in power. Why not us? Why not us? There's no excuse for us not to walk in power. I wrote this down in March 2014. Our identity and our promises are fleshed out through prayer and devotion. Think about that. Not through coming to church. All I can do is reinforce what God's already done. Let me tell you that again. All I can do is reinforce what God has already done. It worked out with you through prayer and devotion. And that identity and promise must be seen, articulated, and written down. Now, do you think God wants you to know this? I'm going to tell you yes, because those three things are exactly what my daddy said. You know what I was going to be preaching on? Didn't have a clue, did you? You didn't have a clue, did you, daddy? And yet the Holy Spirit told me four years ago, he said, it's got to be written down, written down, it's got to be articulated, and it's got to be seen. This is what you've got to do. He walked by, and in your mind, When you're praying, you see you're reaching out. That won't happen. You're reaching out, and you see yourself pulling that person up, and then you begin to see them dancing because what you see is the Holy Spirit is now the one that's pulling them up in our ear. We wait till we get here. We wait till we get here and hope that something's going to happen. Why? Why? Jesus had 72 that followed him, and nothing was happening. They watched him. They watched him. They watched him. They watched him. And then he empowered them. And he said, go out. Go into the cities. Heal the sick. He said, said, heal the blind eyes, raise the dead, in my name, go and do these things. The 72. They hadn't done anything as to yet. Now he empowers them, and they come back, and they said, Jesus, Jesus, guess what? Even the demons are afraid of us when we use your name. Do you know the sick are healed, the blind see, the lame walk? Jesus. Jesus. All of a sudden they've experienced power that they've never had before. Why? Because Jesus empowered them. What we're trying to do is go from a knowledge base and say the word says that I can lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. But the disciples were going from an experience position where Jesus was saying, you have the power to heal. And they said, he can do that. Has Jesus told you that? Has the Holy Ghost told you that? It doesn't matter. I don't care if you've had 9,000 prophetic words. You're a healer. You're a healer. You're a healer until the Holy Ghost speaks to you and confirms that word and you receive that word and you write that word down and you articulate that word. That word has not yet become a part of you. Until you can see yourself as one that heals people, you will not be one that heals people. Oh, you may get a mercy drop every once in a while, but I'm talking about being able to see the dead coming up out of of death I'm talking about blind eyes being open I'm talking about those that have had strokes being healed I'm talking about those that have bad knees and bad hips I'm talking about every one of them being healed and it comes out of an experience with Jesus Christ I'm pushing you aren't I I'm pushing you and I'm doing it on purpose how many of you said you want to go deeper I'm pushing you deeper you can go to heaven. Oh, I don't have a watch on. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I'm still got a half hour. <laughs> Verbal consent to the reality of identity and promise is not enough. It must become a part of who you are. Hey, let me just give you one little example. When I took over as pastor, people come to me and say, Pastor Eddie, and I'd say, Oh, you can just call me Eddie. You know why I did that? People thought it was because out of humility. The truth is, I was not comfortable with being called pastor. I I had not earned or owned that place in ministry. My daddy would call me pastor. He'd say, pastor, pastor, pastor. I'm in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord says... I've called you to be a pastor I said I know I 16 years old he said why don't you walk in your identity do you want to be called pastor Eddie now I don't care what you call me I'm a pastor not because you said so but because the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ said I was a pastor I had that challenge. My best friend in the ministry, Ralph Martin, sitting in the car with me one day said, Eddie, you know you're not a pastor. Boy, I got out of the car, and hey, somebody might as well have taken a fist and hit me in the gut and knocked every bit of the wind out of me, tripped me up. I started praying. I told a few people about it, and they said, No, you're a pastor, you're a pastor. I don't care what they said. It didn't help what my best friend had told me. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, son, I said, You are a pastor. It took about a week. And then I called Ralph up and I said, Ralph, you an idiot. He was my best friend, so it was okay. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you told me I wasn't a pastor. That's a lie. Well, that wasn't exactly what I meant. Well, that's exactly what you said. I said, it's not true. He said, I know it's not true. You think you're going to call your identity and not be challenged in who you are? You're wrong. I've been telling Joni Richardson she was associate pastor for 20 years. Isn't that right? What did you tell me two weeks ago? I'm a pastor. Oh, come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. Sometimes it takes a long time to walk in our identity. We, we want to walk in healing. We want all this stuff. But what we're doing is we do this. We do this. We, we come down and we lay hands and we say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now let's see if he's going to walk. Anything happen? Mm -hmm. Try that one more time. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. When you get home in about three weeks, your knees are going to start feeling better. (laughs) We're going to cover it up, aren't we? Y'all are awfully quiet today. All I'm telling you is truth. I'm not saying you've done it. I've done it many a time. I'll tell you just the absolute truth. We need to walk in our identity and in the power of who we are. When we begin to to take hold of the promise, what is my promise? My promise, I am blessed. Are you blessed? I am prosperous. Are you prosperous? I am healthy. Are you healthy? I have a sound mind. Do you have a sound mind? Come on, I got to believe the promises of God. I had a doctor the other day. He was doing a wellness check on me. He said, have you, fall, have you, fall, have you fallen any this year? I said, yeah, fell twice. He said, you did? I said, yep. He said, what happened? I said, I was going down a wet hill of mud, and my feet came out from under me and I landed on my butt. He said, OK. What happened the second time? I said, my dog ran up behind me, and I tripped over the, the cat gate. He said, did you get hurt either time? I said, no. He said, well, you know, you are 68 years old. Your chances of falling are getting greater and greater. You, you are 60. Your mind is good. 67. I'm going to live to be 100. I'm 68 now, and I'm pushing on. Next year, I'll be 70. <laughs> I'll figure out one way or another to get there. I right, am 67 years old. Yesterday, I fell. And you know my first thought? You dadgum witch doctor, you put a curse on me. (laughs) You think I'm lying to you? That was my very, I have that thought, thought as I am falling. I said, that sucker spoke that over me, and I forgot to take it off before I got home. You wait till I say that little whippersnapper the next time. <laughs> your identity and your promises are the heartbeat of Jesus within you. How many of you like it when somebody says they love you? How many of you like it when the spouse puts their arm around you and holds you up close and whispers in your ear and says, You're the greatest thing ever. How many of you love it when they bring you a little special gift, maybe a flower or maybe something else? And it's just, no, for no reason, they just, how many of you like that? Can I tell you, Jesus is better than any husband that has ever been born? And he wants to give you more stuff than you can imagine. And he's just sitting there going, he says, I got a heaven full of treasures that I want to bestow upon you because I love you. Would you just receive them? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And Jesus said, well, when you figure out you're worthy, get back to me. i got a storeroom full of heavenly gifts to give you, but you be—you got to know who you are, and right now you don't know who you are. When you figure out who you are, come back to me for the gifts. He said, if you'll come to me right now, I'll give you your identity. Uh, I just want you to grab hold. I, I haven't really gotten to where I want to get to yet, but I, I want to talk about the process. My, uh, Mark 9, 23, and Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe! Help my unbelief. And Jesus went and saw that a crowd came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And so he says, Do you believe? And the guy said, Yeah, I believe. And he said, No, I don't believe. What Jesus is really telling him, he said, Well, In about two seconds, you're going to believe. You're not a believer right now, but in about two seconds, you're going to believe. Why is that? Because that spirit you want to cast off your child is fixing to leave. And the one that's been throwing him down. And the one that's been causing him to vomit. And the one that's been throwing himself into the fire. He's going to be completely healed. And you're going to know that the power of the kingdom has been poured out. And that unbelief is going to be turned into belief. Come on, give God praise. you got to read the word for what it it says. It says, look what he said. And he said, when he saw that a crowd was running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to you, mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And it left. Pow! It left. It left. Ron Smith Smith said "Yes, almost everything is a spirit. Maybe he said everything is a spirit. I don't know, but I know one thing. I know that when Jesus shows up, spirits start running. Can I tell you, I've been real disappointed. We have not had one unclean spirit go crazy in here yet. (laughs) It's time. It's time. It's happening in every building I've ever been in. It's time. It's time for one of those demons to go, hey, I don't like this, and to start manifesting, and we get to kick, kick him out. Hallelujah. Jesus said he did not do many miracles in his hometown because of what? Unbelief. 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 Can I tell you, the American church is so studded and filled with unbelief that we have had to reduce the gospel to the gospel of good promises, good works, good ideas, and happy thoughts. If I can make you happy with my preaching, then I've done a good job, and you go home, and and in about an hour and a half, the happiness begins to leave. Because the motivational speech that I gave you will not continue to go with you. But you see, what Jesus came to do was to stir up a hornet's nest. He came to say, I'm coming, and I'm going to shake everything that could be shaken. All the institutions in the world are going to be hollering and screaming because it's not going to be serving them. They're going to be serving me. They're not going to know what to do because I'm an earth changer, and I'm going to use you to change the earth. If you'll just grab hold of me, grab hold of your identity, begin to see things change in the atmosphere, they will change. Come on, give God praise. This thing about I feel good because I'm going to work tomorrow. I'm blessed. I got money in the bank. Hallelujah. Poor guy on the side of the street. He's sitting there shivering and he's cold and dying. Mm. Help him, Jesus. But it's a great day singing a song. It's a great day for living long. Come on. Why aren't we bringing the hurting? Why aren't we bringing the dying? Why aren't we bringing the lost? Why aren't we bringing them? Well, they won't come. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. They'll come. They will come. In Genesis 12, 2 and 3... He told Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How many of you know you're part of Abraham's? How many of you know you're blessed? The word of God is true. When you wake up in the morning, you ought to wake up saying, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm struggling with money. Listen, God's going to God's going to take care of me. Let me me tell you a good story about money. My granddaddy was a a believer in God. He read the Bible through three to four times a year. He started when he was a kid. He said he particularly loved it for the dirty parts. Oh, y'all didn't read the Bible because y'all didn't know there were any dirty parts in the Bible. But when he got older, he began to read the Word of God because he wanted to know the Word of God. And I will forget, my daddy came to him and said, right. Granddaddy's name, he said, I want to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit so you can speak in tongues. He told daddy, he said, I've done that, but I didn't get a whole lot out of it. His retirement was based in Chrysler stock. Anybody know what happened to Chrysler stock in the 70s? He went from about $80 a share down to a dollar and a quarter. My granddaddy said, didn't, well, didn't know exactly how he was going to make it. I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to increase my tithe. I'm about 16 years old. I'm scratching my head. I said, granddaddy, didn't you just tell me you were having some financial problems? Yeah. What are you going to do? He said, I'm going to give some more money to God. He said, I, I, I don't have the ability. I'm retired. I don't have the ability to make any money any other way. He says, so I'm going to send it to the bank of heaven and expect the heavenly bank to pay me. I said, granddaddy, you're kidding, right? He said, come here. He writes a check, puts it in the envelope, and puts it in the mail. The next day, the next day, he calls me and said, Eddie, I just thought I'd call you and tell you. Social Security just called me, told me they'd made a mistake, sent me (laughs) (laughs) $8,300. And they're going to up and they're going to up my monthly income by 20%. I said, granddaddy, how much do you write that check for? <laughs> say it again. Kingdom minded. You got it. When are we going to become kingdom minded? When are we going to begin to do and say the things that he said? Let me read one more scripture and then I really will close. I'm not going to finish it. But I will close with this. Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Say, in a vision. vision. How do you have a vision? Maybe he was in the the bathroom putting his makeup on. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever he was doing, everything else in the whole world just all of a sudden got shut out. He said, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. This goes on in a vision now. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he, he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord. Say that, he believed. He believed, he believed. He believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Now look what he did. He said, son, he said, it's all a lie. Now this isn't a vision. Everything else is gone. And he sees himself talking to God. He did what? Saw himself talking to God. And God said, how did he see that? In a vision. How did he hear that? In a vision. And God said, this will not be your heir, but you will be blessed. You will look to the heavens, and the stars that you see, your descendants will be more numerous than the stars. Now, later on, he tells them it will be more, greater than the, the grains of sand on the seashore. Now, what's what God did? God said, I want you to remember my promise. So, at night, when you're sitting out by the fire and you're seeing thousands of stars, I don't want you to see stars. I want you to see babies. Isn't that what God said? Amen. What he said, that's your children. He said, in the daytime, when you look out there at the desert and see sand, he said, I don't want you to see grains of sand, I want you to see babies. So whether you look up, whether you look down, whether it's day or whether it's night, it doesn't make any difference. God said, my promise is eternal and I will ever keep it before you if you will just open your eyes and look. So what are your promises? this is going to be the answer. I don't know. And whose fault is that? Not God's. It's not God's fault. God said, i got a storeroom full of promises. And if you'll just begin to explore my word, and if you'll just begin to see me, if you'll just begin to spend time with me, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, and I'm going to show you things that you cannot believe. But as long as you're waiting for the preacher to open up the windows of the heaven, the only thing you're ever going to do is get a little glimpse. See, because you really don't see what I see when I'm putting this together. Ain't no way. I'm sitting there jumping up and going, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to start doing this. I got to start doing this. I got to do more of this. I got to see more people healed. I got to see more people delivered. I got to see more people saved. I got to see the kingdom of God going forth. I-, I love it. I'm glad it's going on somewhere else. But I don't care about somewhere else. I want to go on right here. I want to go right here. I want to go around right here with me. I want to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that wherever I go, people know the kingdom of God is present. The joy of the Lord is present. I want people to know that I am a vessel of the Most High God. He is my friend. Come on. Come on. Give God praise. Give God praise. Shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Say this with me. God, I love you. I've been holding back a little. Please take it all. Show me the things that I keep from you. Because I want to release everything to you. I want to be a wholehearted lover. I am a friend of God, I am a friend of Jesus, I am a friend to the Holy Spirit. I have the rivers of life flowing out of me I am special I am anointed I am forgiven I am free I am above and not beneath I am the head and not the tail I walk in prosperity I walk in joy I walk in peace and I walk in unity because I am I am of the Most High God. Now give God praise in this place, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net Once again, thank you for listening and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you.